You might hear me from time to time refer to an English philosopher who died recently from cancer. His name was Roger Scruton. And a philosopher comments on any subject and all subjects, for his subject ultimately is truth. Philosophy means love of wisdom. Genuine wisdom can be found only in truth. This is why Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, is at once the wisdom of God and truth. For he said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth enlightens us so that we might see the way and travel along it here on earth towards the fullness of life for all eternity in heaven. A topic that preoccupied Roger Scruton during his latter years was that of beauty, whether the beauty of the human form, the beauty of creation, beauty in architecture, music or art. And I'll briefly refer to some of his thoughts on art. The great thing about a philosopher like Scruton is that he often reveals what an intelligent person might be thinking but be afraid to say for fear of offending the establishment elite. When I lived in London, I used to visit from time to time the Royal Academy of Arts when they had some special exhibition on, uh, often of some fine arts, paintings that they had got from other, other galleries, as well as what one might call classical art, both ancient and contemporary, they would exhibit so-called modern art. Now, I remember seeing people standing in front of paintings such as one consisting of different coloured squares, painted in random positions on a framed piece of hardboard. And they would stand in awe, as if contemplating the meaning of this work of art, when in fact, of course, it had no meaning whatsoever. It did not and could not portray or interpret any objective reality. It might have some subjective meaning to the one who created it but it has no meaning for the observer. It was simply coloured squares on a white background. And in a BBC Scotland TV programme on the necessity of beauty available on YouTube, Scruton references exhibits of certain artefacts such as a pile of garbage or an unmade bed or even more distasteful so-called installations that I would name if I were not in a sacred place and in the midst of the sacred liturgy. And these are considered as art simply because, which Scruton tells us, the artistic elite calls them art. They are ugly and devoid of meaning. Unlike a painting, say, depicting Christ tortured in agony on the cross, such as the one that is on the cover of this book that I'm currently reading by Thomas Akempis on the Passion of Christ, you could say it's ugly, because it portrays Christ in torture, in agony and dying, and even dead, and covered with blood and his lips almost blue. But it clearly re represents a reality that we are able to interpret, and it invokes sentiments of sorrow and horror at the wickedness of sin that caused our Saviour such suffering. And therefore, in fact, is something very beautiful. In the TV program just mentioned, a woman is asked what she makes of these installations graced with the name of art. 
and with wisdom expressed in total simplicity and sincerity, with a London accent, which really makes me feel at home, she says, they're making fools of us. That w- that's what they're doing. They're making fools of us. And indeed they were. As the little boy exclaimed at that imperial procession, the emperor has no clothes. And unfortunately, our first parents, Adam and Eve, discovered that they too had no clothes. The elite of today continue the work of that most accursed of all the animals, the serpent personified in the, the devil, the devil personified, who deceived a poor, pure, innocent, but vulnerable woman, left alone by her neglectful husband, into disobeying the clear command of God not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The evil one promised her wisdom, that knowing good and knowing evil would be a good which only an unkind and distrustful God would wish to deny them. And Eve fell for it. And when her husband also partook of the fruit, both realized that they were naked, that they had no clothes. The beauty of their respective forms as male and female, made in the image of God, from then on could no longer be appreciated with pure delight, and even in their marriage, without lustful passion. Since they chose not to eat of the tree of life, which was available to them, it was the life-giving faculties of their bodies that were most severely disrupted, and which they had to cover with loincloths. In the Gospel today, Jesus appears as the new Adam. Now he allows himself to be tempted by the great deceiver, who is no match for him. Jesus is not in the voluptuous garden of Eden, but in the desert, a wilderness. He has no delightful trees from which to pluck nourishing fruit. Rather, he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. He is hungry. It is when he is at his weakest that the tempter that he attempts to deceive him, tempting Jesus to work some miracle at his command, to turn stones to bread, to perform a spectacle for all to admire by throwing himself down from the parapet of the temple, or to fall down and worship him in order to gain possession of all the kingdoms of the world which were, of course, under his and are under the devil's dominion. These are, respectively, the temptations of the flesh, satisfying the desires of the body by turning stone into bread, temptations of pride, doing that great spectacle, and of avarice, the desire for worldly possessions. And we too are daily tempted by the deceiver, especially perhaps in this time of political campaigning. We are told that we can be whoever we want to be, that we are the determiners of our own destiny, we can be male or female or anything in between or beyond, And most of these deceits are centered around the loins to continue the desecration of the beautiful image in which we are all made. Catholic politicians take ashes on Ash Wednesday and forget how the Lord formed man and them out of a substance very much like those ashes, the ashes they wear, the clay, the dust of the earth, so that he, man, us, would be a living being in God's image. Catholic politicians who claim abortion is a sacrament, or that transgender rights are the foremost issue of the day. The Catholic politician who himself officiated at a so-called same-sex wedding and promotes so-called gay rights, 
politicians who say that if only women could be educated, then they would finally stop having large families. That large families are a grave threat to the environment. This is the deceit of the evil one. On this first Sunday of Lent, we really get going in Lent. We are reminded right off the bat about the sin of our first parents. That by one man sin entered the world, and through sin, death. We are tempted to gain the kingdoms of the world by following Satan's deceits. St. Paul teaches us that it was through the disobedience of one man, Adam, that many were made sinners. But he consoles and comforts us by explaining how it is through the obedience of one man, the new Adam, Jesus Christ, that many will be made righteous. Many, not all, as many as choose to follow the example of this new Adam in imitating his obedience. The collect of our Mass today prays that our observance of Holy Lent may help us grow in understanding the riches hidden in Christ, that we may gain wisdom, in other words, and that we may, by worthy conduct, sinless lives pursue their effects. And we do this by conforming our lives more and more to Christ, by fasting, other acts of penance, and resisting temptation to sin, that we may not be deceived by the allurements of things of the world, but rather, by obedience to the word of God, seek the fruit of the true tree of life, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. En el Evangelio de hoy, Jesús aparece como el nuevo Adán. Se deja tentar por el gran engañador que no es rival para él. Jesús no está en el voluptuoso jardín del Edén, sino en el desierto. No hay árboles deliciosos de los cuales extraer fruta nutritiva, mas bien él ayuna durante 40 días y 40 noches. Tiene hambre. Es cuando está más débil que el tentador intenta engañarlo, tentando a Jesús a hacer algún milagro a su orden, convertir las piedras en pan, realizar un espectáculo para que todos lo admiren, arrojándose desde el parapeto del templo, o caer y adorarlo para tomar posesión de todos los reinos del mundo que están bajo el dominio del diablo. Esas son respectivamente las tentaciones de la carne, querer satisfacer los deseos del cuerpo, significado por el el convertir el pan, el orgullo, el, estan, el espectáculo, y la avaricia, avaricia las, el deseo por posesiones mundanas. Nosotros también somos tentados diariamente por el engañador, especialmente en este momento de campaña política. Se nos dice que podemos ser quienes queremos, queremos, queremos ser, que somos los determinantes de nuestro propio destino. Podemos ser masculino o femenino, cualquier cosa en el medio o más allá. En vez de latino o latina, es ridículo que los elites, los elites, si, si esta es la palabra, dicen que no son ustedes latinos o latinas, pero latinex, por no determinar que seas masculino o femenino. Es ridículo. ¿Mm? Latinx, ¿qué significa? 
y la mayoría de estos engaños se centran alrededor de los lomos para continuar la profanación de la bella imagen en la que todos estamos hechos. Políticos católicos toman cenizas el miércoles de ceniza y olvidan que el Señor Dios formó al hombre a partir de una sustancia muy, para, muy parecida a las cenizas, el polvo, polvo de la tierra, para que él sea un ser vivo a su imagen. Políticos católicos afirman que el aborto es un sacramento, o que los derechos transgéneros son el tema principal del día. Un político católico que él mismo ofició en una llamada boda entre personas del mismo sexo y promueve los llamados derechos de los homosexuales. Políticos que dicen que si solo las mujeres pudieran ser, recibir una educación, educación más alta, dejarían de tener familias numerosas y que las familias numerosas son una grave amenaza para el ambiente. En este primer domingo de cuaresma, realmente nos ponemos en marcha. Recordamos de inmediato el pecado de nuestros primeros padres, que por un hombre, que por un hombre el pecado entró en el mundo, y a través del pecado la muerte. Estamos tentados a ganar los reinos del mundo, Siguiendo, siguiendo los engaños de Satanás. San Pablo nos enseña que fue a través de la desobediencia del hombre, Adán, que muchos fueron hechos pecadores. Y nos consuela y nos anima a explicar que es a través de la obediencia de un hombre, el nuevo Adán, Jesucristo, que muchos serán justificados. Muchos, no todos, Tantos como eligen seguir el ejemplo de, nuestro, de este nuevo Adán al imitar su obediencia. La colecta de la misa de hoy reza para que nuestra observancia de la Cuaresma Santa nos ayude a crecer en la comprensión de las riquezas ocultas en Cristo, para que podamos obtener sabiduría, en otras palabras, y que podamos por conducta digna, vida sin pecado, perseguir sus efectos. Hacemos esto confirmando nuestras vidas cada vez más a Cristo mediante, mediante el ayuno, otros actos de penitencia y resistiendo la tentación de pecar para que no seamos engañados por los atractivos de las cosas del mundo, sino por la obediencia a la palabra de Dios. Busquemos el fruto del verdadero árbol de la vida, la cruz de nuestro Señor Jesucristo.